Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by Coordination.com, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm your host, Greg, half a hand, Mahachko, joined as always by our founder and fearless leader, John Dam Johnston. John, welcome back, sir. How, how, how are you doing? Oh, I'm great. I'm wonderful. Things couldn't be better. All things considered, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it, it got it got mentioned. Todd Todd brought it up uh, uh, on the show last week. Uh, the reason for your uh, adventure down south. So uh, we said it then. We say it now. Uh, coordination is as it always has been behind you, and all that you need. So walking through the minefields in front of everybody else. That's <laughs> what we do. That's what we're here for. <laughs> I I will fall on a grenade for you, sir. I don't want it to come to that. Let's think happy thoughts. Okay. I'm currently in an RV. I'm living in an RV down by the river. I'm not <laughs> okay. Not actually down by the river, but I am in uh, in Dallas, Texas, uh, living in an RV because uh, because I chose to. And uh, you know, this is where I'm doing my rehab for drug abuse and. <laughs> that was worth it to look on your face <laughs> well we, I, 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 I know the truth i know the truth so i you know i i sell them to make you seem more entertaining than you are <laughs> i get to uh stay in an rv in my brother's yard so that i don't yell in his house and bother him when he's trying to sleep i'm sure he appreciates that since it's after nine almost nine thirty by the time we actually start recording john this is on youtube am i allowed to drink beer on youtube Oh, what is is that against the rules somewhere? I don't know. No, but I will do. I, I, don't, I, don't. I will do label out so that you know nobody's sponsoring me to drink their beer. Uh, by the way, I'll say this: if you are a brewery and you want me to drink your products on Coronation YouTube, uh, send me an email, and I'll be more than happy to accommodate that. I do like to drink beer, and I'll be more than happy to do it. Label out. I'm not gonna, huh, not gonna give these guys any free advertising. It's not how we roll here on the Five Heart Podcast. Do you, do you, do you know free. what I did? Do you know it? Do you know what I did before we started? Did you have a drink? No. Oh. <laughs> well, I had some water. Not the but, same, uh, John. Not the same. I I know, but I I won another retro bowl. I'm not sure what that is. Well, I just want to tell all the people that listen to podcasts like this or look at YouTube like videos like this, and they go, those guys don't coach. They don't even know what they're doing. Uh, I won, like, my fifth Retro Bowl just oh. before we started this. Oh, wait, wait, wait. That's and, the app, and, right, That that's supposed yeah. to be remedy. Yes. See that? See that? Yes. I did have that on my yeah. phone before my phone crashed yeah. over a year ago. So you have to manage. You have to draft properly and manage your players. Mm-hmm. And you have to play and not throw interceptions all the time. And I have, if I mean, I've won several retro bowls now. So I think that the whole, you don't know what you're talking about when it comes to coaching <laughs> things should just be put to rest. Uh, I, I have yeah, now, like now that I got to see the screen and you, you talked uh, me through it a little bit. I did have retro bowl uh, on my phone before my phone bricked out uh, uh, in summer of 2020. Uh, and, and I don't think I ever talked uh, about that because, you know, it's technology, nobody cares, but you know, there was some important stuff on that phone. Um, you know, contacts and things like that can be replaced, but I have a a friend of mine who committed suicide several years back and I had our, you know, like last text conversation on there. So, uh, you know, um, technology is great when it works back up your data, I guess is the, uh, is the moral of the story here. So John, you know, a thing or two about that because you work in cloud management. <laughs> is that what I do? No, I have no idea what you do. I, we, we talk about it a couple times a month. You try to explain to me what you do and I've read your book. I still have no idea what you do. You work in it. Yes, I do. I work on many different things. You know what? Uh, okay. So we had my brother's service last Thursday, last Friday. Uh, my other brother, and my wife was down here, and we went to Waco, Texas. 
because my wife wanted to see the Magnolia thing. And there's people probably going, when are they going to get the fucking football? Well, give me a minute. Uh, but she wanted to see the Chip and Joanna Gaines Magnolia thing. And we went there and it was, it was yeah, it was kind of neat. And those are neat people and whatever. And then we went to the Dr. Pepper Museum, which is in Waco, Texas. Hmm. And, uh, and then we went to the third site in Waco, Texas, that everyone knows about. And we drove way out in the country. And we went to the site of the Siege of Waco, in quotes. Right, yeah. And uh, it was very interesting. And there was a guy there that uh, talked to us about everything. And I asked him, because that's what I do when I interview people, I ask questions. And I asked him, you know, what was your involvement? Were you here before? And he started out his conversation with a, a reference to a prophecy made by the Branch Davidian founder in 1929. And, and when he started there, I thought, oh, God, we're, we're in for it. And he talked. I don't think he breathed for like 30 <laughs> minutes. And he talked straight for 30 minutes. And at the end of the 30 minutes, uh, my family kind of started to move away. Because they were like, oh, my God, we have to move away from this guy now. And I kept asking him questions. I asked him how many people he talked to. And, and they were looking at me like, could you shut the fuck up? <laughs> they didn't say that. But they, they wanted to just say, John, we got, we're got we trying to leave. And you're still talking to this freaking guy. And he's, he's – I mean, it was very interesting. I You know, you can make all the judgments you want about it. But um, – He's finishing his spiel. I'm finishing my talk, and the ground started shaking. And I mean, it's shaking. Mm-hmm. Okay, the shaking is it's you can feel the ground vibrating, and there's this loud roar going on, and oh. it starts soft and it getting incredibly loud. And this guy acts like nothing is going on. And my thought is, oh, I'm at the siege of Waco when God decides to return. The rapture is beginning. I don't know. I'm looking around. My family's looking around. This guy's acting like nothing is going on. I'm thinking, am I the only? Is this me personally? Is something weird happening? And I finally stop him. I'm just stop him. And I go, uh, what is happening right now? What is going on? And he said, oh, there's a rocket launch. <laughs> And I said, what? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, about 80 miles away. And I'm like, 80 freaking miles away, and the ground is shaking here. Yeah, and it's absolutely. Yeah. Loud. And we're like, okay, whatever, rocket launch bullshit. And there's people looking out trying to see whatever we could see. We don't see anything. And then we go back and look it up later. And apparently Elon Musk has a, uh, a rocket site near Waco, Texas, about 80 miles away. So if it shakes that much, 80 miles away, I can't imagine – what it's like, you know, 40 miles away. <laughs> or even two miles away. Oh, my God. But it was freaky, man. It was it was, uh, it was was a freaky trip to Waco. Okay, what did we – are we going to get into, like, something football or something basketball or something? Oh, my God, Trev Albus well, had, to, had to actually issue a decree that said there's nothing going on, you sons of bitch and rumor-mongering fuckers. Yeah, I guess let's start there. The the it, the I wasn't going to start a basketball. I was going to uh, congratulate uh, the volleyball team, but no. Let, let's let's go to basketball. the The biggest statement of a non issue, you know, it's like we're not going to conduct an investigation. There's been no um, incident or no inappropriate whatever, and that's all. Like, you, it seems like an awful lot of work to say nothing to see here. It does. I guess it all started with, uh, you know, that that assistant coach, Matt, uh, took an eight leave of absence because of family issues or an illness or something. The speculation was, is, oh, he didn't do that. He did that because of NCAA violations that were getting investigated. And, you know, there was speculation that the team, Fred Hoiberger's lost the team. And then, you know, and it's just the, it's the kind of same shit we had with Scott Frost with the – you know, but he's getting a divorce. He's drinking. He's doing this. He's doing that. And it's all because they're losing. Yeah. It has nothing to do with anything else. It has everything to do with they're not winning basketball games or football games. And it, by God, you know what? If Fred Hoiberg's team was like, I don't know, 18 and 0 right now, and they went, well, we're being investigated, everybody would go, oh, who fucking cares? Oh, we beat Purdue. They can kiss our ass. What are they going to do to us if they NCAA investigate us? They're going to tell us, oh, you can't coach for two games. 
you know, because they don't do anything anymore anyway. So no, there's nothing more than a slap on the wrist across the board anymore. So, um, yeah, and I mean, I don't know how much somewhere on coordination we have a basketball podcast. I I think um, they, I don't think they put an episode out this season. So I'm not too sure. Really? By the way, I don't know, uh, but I love the guys. You know, of bangerangs and daggers. Um, so like we have a podcast dedicated to basketball, so I don't know how much time we need to spend on it because I haven't watched any basketball. It's probably why they're losing. They're waiting for me to turn on the, the TV and, and to be like, all right, we got that one house in Illinois. We're ready to go. Um, I don't know. I don't know what they're supposed to be the most talented team, you know, that we've had in ever, ever, Yeah, you know, and, and they're not, they're not getting it done. I, I, I read something, uh, and I apologize. I can't remember the source or the comparison, but it was, uh, oh, it, it was it was someone from Iowa State, um, you know, talk comparing, or, or or I think it was radio. So again, I apologize. I'm, I'm getting it way, you know, uh, uh, more confusing than it needs to be. But some Iowa State area, you know. Radio was not the official Iowa State, but you know, um, they were covering you know sports talk in that area. They were talking about Fred Hoiberg, who they said, you know, on the air that they really loved, you know, missed it at uh, Iowa State. But they said the difference between the Fred Hoiberg at Iowa State and the Fred Hoiberg at Nebraska is Fred Hoiberg at Iowa State inherited four seniors, so a lot of core leadership that younger guys and even some of the transfers could look to. And again, I hate using that word culture, but you know, like this is kind of how we do things here in Ames. Fred Hoiberg did not have that at Lincoln. You know, when he came in, it was, you know, from the outside looking in, it it was almost like, how fast can we get most of these guys out of here? You know, when they kept Thor, Thor being the one guy that they kept and and, uh, who had played, you know, previously uh, for, for Tim Miles, it's, it, it does make you wonder you know, because they're trying to build it all from external sources, you know. Well, um, from scratch. Yeah, but they're trying to do it with the with the quick fix transfer portal, you know, get get guys in. Um, I don't – I don't. we're not like a Kentucky. Like Kentucky doesn't – or a Duke, you know, they don't, they don't necessarily build from outside. They get the best talent in the country and have had structure and success for decades. And that's not me putting them over because uh, I hate Duke and I hate Kentucky. I hate North Carolina, uh, you know, all the, all the Kansas, you know, all the blue blood football or uh, excuse me, basketball programs. I just have a, a severe disdain for, um, but they are, all have track records of success, which Nebraska never had in Nebraska. You, you gut the program to bring in guys that fit your style. Yep. I, I'm I'm not entirely sure. I didn't I didn't necessarily like that approach at the time. Uh and we certainly haven't seen the results of it. Um you know, being being positive. And now you look at this year, which is Fred Hoiberg year number three, and we are for as much talent as we have, we're as bad at basketball as a Nebraska team has been, you know, in some time. Well, we—they're not all transfers, but there is a gen, there is a definite lack of, of veteran stuff. I mean, you got Casey as a new guy coming in for Japan. You've got Oleg Kolyanets who has yet to see the floor. Uh, Eduardo Andre is back from last year, and he hasn't really probably progressed as left me, as far mentally as they'd like him to. I think uh, Trey McGowan is out, and that hurts a lot because he is a veteran. But I, I mean, couldn't remember which they, McGowan. I, I, would, I can't keep I can't keep yeah. the McGowan straight, and I apologize to to the McGowans and all the good Nebraska ball fans. But again, we have a Nebraska ball podcast that should be covering most of this already. So, <laughs> uh, if if they're listening, come on, guys. <laughs> I think it's hard. It is really hard right now. Basketball is really hard, and I see this fire Ho- Hoiberg shit all over the Wait place. Wait a minute! And it's like, and it's like three years. You want to fire him? Fuck you! You know, just kiss my fucking ass with that shit. Hold on. Listen, we we went three and nine in Scott Frost's fourth year, and there's a lot of people that want Frost back because he's so close. If this basketball team could start hitting their three point shots, which is his streaky thing. 
you know, they're going to be a lot better team. And they need veterans, and they need to build that that veteran player thing going on. Because I mean, look what happened to the football team this year. No, I don't. They had a whole we, crap of they had a whole crap load of guys return on defense, and their defense was really, really good. So you, is this gonna? <laughs> Go ahead. No, no, no. But that's the thing is we're making a comparison, and and you said. It's really hard for basketball right now. And then you go into, you know, talking about a three and nine football team. We, from a podcasting standpoint, we were here every week of a three and nine season. You know, it, it, maybe not all three of us together. You know, there were certainly times that I missed or, you know, Todd was out or, or you were um, doing whatever it is you do when you're not tied to a computer. Uh, but we, we were all here. From a podcasting standpoint, you know, like we've got to be out there. We, you know, we've got to explain things. There are a lot of people who aren't watching the games. Maybe they don't know what's going on. Now, to what you said about on the court, look, if you're not hitting three point shots, then maybe stop fucking taking three point shots. That's what they're going to do, though. <sighs> That's like saying line up under center when it's not part of your offense. Don't get me started on that, John. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's really hard for basketball right now because I think the last two games, I mean, they really have been destroyed. You know, they got destroyed at Auburn. They were shorthanded because of the flu. And, you know, it's a road team against a ranked road game against a ranked team. I, you know, I, I have faith that they'll come around and they'll play better. Are we going to struggle in the Big Ten? Yeah, probably because we only have Derek Walker as a reliable big guy. But, uh, and he can't, you know, he can't play all the minutes of all the games of, of the entire season. And we really need, like, Andre to pick it up a little and probably maybe Oleg Kolyanets. I don't know why he's not playing, but um, that's basketball. That's what I know about basketball right now. I don't know when they play again. That's fine. They'll probably lose anyway. Um, <laughs> let's talk wow. about Let's talk about some winners, and that would be the Husker volleyball team. Regional champs beating Texas. Uh, by the way, I watched that regional championship match on Saturday evening. And I'll be honest with you, I watched it from my phone because I never had the, I never took the time or energy to, you know, I'm sitting on the couch. The TV's here. All I have to do is turn on the TV. But I found it on, on my uh, Spectrum app. So I said, yeah, that's going to work. And then I finished watching it in bed. Oh yeah, uh, but I wow. made. The, thank you. Uh, I made the observation, and I think a lot of people did. Uh, Twitter was not kind to Texas volleyball, which was great. Um, but their facility looks like a high school gym. I mean, it's 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 a horrible. It looks like a horrible place to play volleyball. Um, if if you are a top level volleyball prospect and you're looking facility wise, let's talk just facility wise. Let's not talk history. Cause I think hi historically speaking, Texas and Nebraska, dare I say, are, are on relatively even uh, footing, but you can go to Texas and play in front of, you know, 4,000 fans or whatever, whatever its capacity is. And I don't know if it's the lighting. I don't know if it, but the the arrangement of the of the bleachers, it just looked amateur, which is weird because it's college, so technically it's amateur anyway. But or you could go play at the Devaney, which I have been in the Devaney. I've never, similar to not being in, at Memorial Stadium for Husker football, I've never taken in Husker volleyball at the Bob. But I've been in there. Like I've been in the Devaney for girls' high school state basketball tournament. And that's just a phenomenal setting for uh, athletics. And, and I know that they, they really turn it up uh, for, for, I don't want to call it game day. I want to call it match day or match night. You know, it's, it's a tremendous uh, in-person experience from all accounts. It's, yeah. it's a lot of fun to watch on TV and you have like, Oh, I have Texas in this hand. I have Nebraska in this hand. Well, this hand's getting raised in the air, and this hand's wiping ass. Um, <laughs> there's no, there's no comparison. Uh, Texas, Nebraska, 
look, if you're if you're a top tier volleyball talent, go Big Red. That's all I'm gonna say. You know, I, I I watched that game in uh, at my nephew's house in Flower Mound, which is in north part of Dallas, and uh, with a bunch of Texas people who hate Texas, the school, <laughs> and they were very pleased. There was a lot of yelling going on, and they were there was a lot of statement like that Texas ass thing, and it was very, <laughs> it was very fun. In fact, there were two college Division one athletes in the room, and they were both Texas haters. So, oh good, uh, yeah, it was it was it was fun. What, uh, since you mentioned, you know, I'm not asking name drop, but uh, what you said, Division One college athletes, what sports? Actually, I think one was a volleyball player in oh, the Pac-12. Perfect. And uh, the other one was a football. He's a plays defensive end for a Texas school. And that's as specific as you're going to be. Yeah, probably, you know. They were fun to talk to. Anytime you get the chance to talk to athletes about their experience and what's going on, then, I mean, you gain some insight, you know. Why didn't you have your recorder out, John? That would have made some great podcast fodder. Because they, because I don't, they, if I recorded them, then they'd do their answers. They wouldn't, they'd have to be, oh, I, this is guarded because they have right, to protect themselves, of course, you know, against uh, where they're going to transfer and, and things like that. Gotcha, gotcha. So I think for me, it's mostly I talk to, normally when I get the chance to talk to Division One athletes, um, I usually ask them about their experience with coaches, how they feel about their school, how mm-hmm. do they get treated. You know, what do they think about the way that they're handled with their scholarships and stuff like that? And it's always, you know, it's interesting. Ladies and gentlemen, John Johnston's next book is College Athletes, The Anonymous Truth. And The Siege of Waco. Oh, my God. That'd be volume three. Um, No, so we want to give a shout out to Beth, uh, our our very own lovely Beth uh, Merrigan uh, from Coronation here. Uh, because not only did she join us on the Five Heart Podcast last week uh, and get us uh, all ready for uh, that semifinal match against Illinois, uh, she's been knocking it out of the ballpark with some post-match, uh, you know, reaction, the coordination reactions, and uh, even uh, earlier today, as we recorded this on Wednesday, we dropped a, uh, a match preview for the national semifinal against Pitt. So, I mean, the 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 final four is. Pitt, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Louisville. And I'll be honest with you, it still is anyone's tournament, John. Yeah. I mean, Wisconsin, we talked about this last week on the show. Wisconsin has uh, had Nebraska's number twice this season. Um, And look, Pitt and Louisville, I think Louisville's number one. And Pitt doesn't get this far without, uh, you know, having a tremendous season themselves. So, uh, oh, you know, when when I when we were at Waco at the Chip and Joanna Gaines site, there was an, a very tall, large man walking across the space with a NCAA volleyball tourney uh, shirt on. And uh, his wife was very tall. And I said, hey, did you go? And they started talking to us. And it turned out their daughter was from Nebraska and she plays for Illinois and they were very nice people. And, and they happened to mention that they were at the match where Nebraska had swept Illinois. And they said that somebody, one of a, a coach had told them that they expected Nebraska to beat Texas because of Nebraska's defense was so much better. And that's what we pretty much saw from Lexi Rodriguez was just all American. Yeah. First team. Yeah. Fantastic. You know, um, and uh, Kana didn't have the greatest game in terms of digging the ball, but I think she had what seven aces or something. Yeah, I mean, they including two toward the end of the match in which they just hit that girl in the chest, and you could tell Texas was starting to come apart yep. there. And that that part was neat when they just fell apart at the end and and looked like a bunch of whiny fuckers. That's that's when I I felt very good about myself as a human being. <laughs> it was it was, it was a glorious thing to behold. Yeah. Uh, uh, Lexi Ruiz was a, a first team All American. Uh, Maddie Kubik was, I think, second team. Uh, Nicklin Hames was honorable mention, and I know I'm missing somebody in the middle, and I apologize. Stiverns, um, was she? We'll go with that. I don't know who else it would be, as odd as that is to say. I'm not sure, but uh, so we wish uh, the, the ladies all the luck in the world at Columbus, uh, Ohio for the final four um, as this episode drops Friday morning, we'll already know the outcome of Nebraska pit and hopefully the Husker women are still 
uh, vying for that championship on Saturday. So, uh, you know, it'd be neat as we did, we just crush their hopes and destroy them and make them feel bad. And then we have their offensive coordinator too. So fuck that <laughs> kiss my ass, pig. nothing really against you that much, but uh, you know, kiss my ass. You're in our way and we need, we need hope and victory. So fuck you. I real quick, it, 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 a delightful transition to football and, I have never seen the NCAA act as fast as they did to ban the fake slide by the, the quarterback give up slide, uh, fake QB slide that Kenny Pickett, uh, you know, uh, did in the uh, ACC championship game. Uh, it, it Look, if, if you're not familiar with what we're talking about uh, on a fourth and I don't know, it was, it was third, whatever it was, uh, it was, I think, pit ball on the opponent's 30 something yard line. Um, and he runs forward, gets the line to gain, and fakes uh, the give up slide. Defense has slowed up. You know they've they've you know tried to ensure that they're not you know doing illegal contact. Pops you know maintains his footing, runs in for a touchdown. Everybody's like, what in the world is that? I have never seen the NCAA act as quickly as they did yeah. to to ban that move and, and Kenny Pickett to his credit got on Twitter and he says like uh, change the game or something like that. Uh, Ryan Clark, who is a, a former uh, safety for the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, and, and has done a tremendous job uh, as an analyst uh, for, I don't know if it's NFL on CBS or, or what, uh, but he says that'll be the last before the NCAA had made that rule. Uh, he said, that'll be the last time any defender ever takes a quarterback at his word that he's going right. to, that he's going to go to the the turf. Um, yeah. Take the penalty to, to save the touchdown type of situation. Like we see with a lot of pass interferences. So, um, but a, a, a smooth transition, John, and I thank you for setting it up uh, because now we can talk about football. It's what a lot of people are what here happened? for. Hmm? Yeah. What happened in football? What is going on in football? Uh, well, as we're recording this, 10 days away from Christmas, December the 15th, year of our Lord, 2021, was early signing day, John. Yes, it was. And Nebraska brought in a bevy of young men to play uh, football uh, for their school, our school, the beloved Huskers. Four defensive backs, two linebackers, defensive linemen, an athlete, an offensive lineman, a quarterback, running back, one tight end, and one wide receiver. You could al- you could almost make a whole football team. Almost. <laughs> you almost could. Um, let's. You wouldn't start... have any offensive linemen. You know, I guess you'd have a guy to snap the ball, and he'd be going, "No, I'm a tackle." Yeah, fuck you, snap the ball, motherfucker. Well, we we could talk about snapping the ball because Cam Jurgens. Let's not, you know. Forget that. Cam Jurgens declared for the NFL draft this week as well. He did. I was a little caught off guard by that. Um, not to say that he might not get there one day, but he, while this year was much cleaner as far as getting the ball to the uh, uh, intended individual in the backfield, he has uh, been been plagued in the past by you know bad snaps and things like that. And I'm a little shocked that he didn't want to stick around and see what Donovan Rayola could teach him. You know, just coming from the Chicago Bears, I felt like you want to learn from somebody who's just, you know, came from coaching at that level and had played at that level. Why not stick around? But I guess Cam had other thoughts. Well, there was that article in The Athletic by Mitch Sherman that talked about how he was contentious, but he some of the players were had contentious uh, I don't know feelings with I don't want to say altercations that's too strong a word hmm. but they you know did you read the article I don't have the athletic job I, mean, uh, I, I don't it I was can't implied it. it was implied that you know apparently Frost was some of his returning players or players that may return and Jurgens was one of them there was some kind of mixed feelings about things so gotcha. I you know. I don't know. I guess you look at it and you go, I'm not doing this anymore. And then you say, I'm going to go on and see what I can do later. And, you know, either he makes it in the NFL or he doesn't. Now I'm sure he'll have guys 
that are going to advise him on how to handle getting into the NFL and mm-hmm. things like that. I just wish he, you know, you wish he would have returned because he would have been a veteran center yeah. who was, you know, rising in the ranks. But, um, and I know, wonder, I wonder too, how, how often I look, I think from an offensive lineman standpoint, more time in college, like, like nobody ever, I can't say nobody ever. There are genetic freaks who, you know, go play as a, a true freshman or maybe not, you know, maybe they don't necessarily redshirt, but they're only in college for three years under the NFL rules where you only have to be out of high school for three years. So maybe it's a redshirt year and then a freshman sophomore year. And they are so dynamic that they can have success at the next level. But I feel like offensive line is a position or is a, a position group that requires a certain amount of maturity. Like you're not going to get, yeah. You're, you're you're not going to go from like playing center at Nebraska. And I, I'm going to use Cam as an example to being like a a, a Pro Bowler. You know, in in a year or two, it's going to take a ton of work. And I'm not saying that Cam Jurgens can't put in the effort. I, I think he will. And I again, uh, he and all the other Huskers that were losing to the draft, be it the JoJo Domans, the you know, Ben Stilley, you know, I'm pretty sure has exhausted all of his eligibility, uh, you know, and and others. I, I wish them all success unless they end up in the AFC North uh, outside of Pittsburgh. But I I just I, I wanted him to have one more year under under his belt. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, right now, I mean, you look at this class, we had one offensive lineman come in. And only 12 players, I think it was. Yeah, 12. And uh, you kind of go, okay, we go last in the Big Ten. I know that we said this is a numbers thing and we took too many players before and too many players returned and we can only take a smaller class because of the numbers, blah, blah, blah. But you're still kind of like – um, okay, I, I guess you're going to go look in the transfer portal for some more guys. I mean, here's the thing. Some of the this is whatever you can make of it. This this right now, looking at the players who are coming in, it's whatever you can make of it. If you don't think Scott Frost is doing a good job, then you can make that your right. case, and and you'd be right. And you can look at it and say, okay, well, let's see what here. I, I actually have notes. Oh my God, I prepared uh, Brian Bashini, who I want to call Steve Bashimi. You know, Steve hello Bashimi. kids. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, hello, hello, fellow kids. young people. Yeah, that poor bastard. <laughs> yeah, Brian Bashini, FS, FCS punter of the year from what was it, Montana? Yep, same place yeah, that. I, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but same place that uh, Samari Touré came Samari from. Samari Touré. So we got, you know, we got the punter of the year at FCS. That's good because we needed a solid punter. Uh, Timmy Bleak Road, uh, scholarship place kicker, and Furman transfer. Right. Okay. That sounds great. We got uh, a walk-on long snapper, Brady Weiss. We got Malcolm Hartzog, uh, who is a kick returner and punt returner, and Mr. Football from Mississippi. Uh, you know, it looks like some of the special team stuff got taken care of where we needed help there. And then you kind of look at the class and you go, okay, we got four defensive backs, and actually some of them are pretty highly ranked guys like Jaden Gold from uh, New Jersey, apparently, mm-hmm. I think, is the number one player in New Jersey. And then you've got Mr. Football uh, from Minnesota, who was only ranked as a three-star, which I thought was weird. But, you know, I don't rank people. Uh, Emmett Johnson from, what was it? Holy Angel Academy. Academy yeah, of Holy Angels, yeah. And, yeah, and, and yeah. I'll tell you what, I, having not watched film on anybody, uh, <laughs> which is fine, um, I like Emmett Johnson's size. You know, six foot, 185, six foot's a good frame to put on some some proper running back mass. You know, I, I think coaches probably want him to 205 if I had to guess. Uh, but I think I think that's a good get. Um, one of the things that we've talked about, well, we'll get to the Nebraska guys, don't worry. Uh, and we're not going to Brody belt them all down the down the line. <laughs> Uh, wow. I, I, I hope, you know, if, if Brody ever watches these videos, I'm not saying he's got that kind of time or energy, but I hope he knows all in good fun. You know, we're just, we're just joking. Um, so we'll get to the Nebraska uh, guys. Cause there are three of them. We recruited more in state, you know, more kids from Nebraska than we did from any other individual state. 
or or no, maybe not recruit, but signed more in-state kids than we did from any other state. Um, but one of the names that I'm really excited to see is Richard Torres, the six-five quarterback yeah. out of San Antonio. And I think that fits into what we talked about a couple of weeks ago about my my vision of you know my my prototypical quarterback. Um that's you know, I feel like six five, I feel like that's a foot taller than Logan Smothers. I know it's not, it just feels like it's a foot taller than than Logan. Um, so I wonder if with all the new changes that are that are coming this way, if we're not, you know, potentially talking about a, a maybe a different offensive identity than what we've seen the last year or two or four. You mean not a guy running the option? Not a guy running for his life. Not not a system where <laughs> your lead rusher is your quarterback. Is your quarterback. You know. And look, well, I get I it. I, 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 look, I don't ever I, – I never – I have to qualify that statement because, uh, you know, oftentimes Adrian Martinez was our lead quarterback or our lead rusher because uh, he found himself in space and just had the wheels uh, to outrun the defense. I would never want him to get to the yard to gain and, you know, give a, give a, give up slide, you know, get as much as you can while you can young blood. Uh, but uh, uh, it, it shows a bigger problem when, when that, when Adrian was our leading rusher. So I'm excited for the Emmett, uh, Emmett Johnson's I'm excited for the Richard Torres is now We've talked about this numerous times. We used to talk about this back when Brian Toll was uh, uh, around on the podcast. We used to talk about this on on a podcast that I did on a Husker before I, you ever brought me on Coronation uh, on a different site. Getting them to sign is one thing. Getting them on campus is another thing. Uh, Bubba Starling comes to mind right. still. <laughs> um, and and then making sure that, you, you know, they get – quality reps and uh, proper coaching and, and uh, um, uh, was our progress, you know, that we, we, we get them on the team is great. Getting them on team is the easy thing. Uh, development. It, yeah. Is, is what we need to see. So hopefully with the, the coaches that we've brought in and I know, I don't even know if it's finalized yet, you know, as far as how that coaching staff is going to look, but I'm as confident now. It's the damnedest thing. Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, right after Iowa, it was like, we suck. Football sucks. Life sucks. What I, I believe your your words are, fuck everything, go big red. There is no hope. Uh, you know, something like that. But I'll be damned. It's not even Christmas. I'm getting a little taste for that Kool-Aid, John. Oh, my God. Okay, I hate to bash you in the head, but I want to point out one thing about this recruiting class and all the players, all the players that we've seen in this part of this recruiting class uh, so far, or, you know, because there could be more. Uh, name a single one of them that's going to make an immediate impact next season. I will tell you who will make an immediate impact next season. I had, to get, I, had, I had to scroll down to the next page. I had to scroll down to the next page. Time. No, no, no. I had to scroll down because I couldn't remember his name. Long snapper Brady Weiss. <laughs> okay. Or the SCS punter of the year. Yeah. You know, but, yeah. But none of these guys, Richard Torres probably is not going to start next no. year. Let's just, you know, uh, none of these guys – is going to be an immediate impact. And maybe that's where they look to the transfer portal to pick up some people. I mean, look what Michigan state did this past season with people coming in from the transfer portal and stuff like that. I'll, to I'll tell you what, I'll, team. I'll cut you off right there because there, there's the, the possibility. And that's Deshaun Singleton, the safety who's a Juco transfer. That's a different, okay. that's a different ball game than, you know, an 18 year old coming in with his first taste of college, college ball. So, uh, and I don't think we're going to have Deontay Williams anymore. I'm pretty sure Markel Dismuke has exhausted his eligibility, which I hate to say because I love both those guys. Um, I, I remember, I remember when Markel Dismuke was uh, was playing backup 
you know, I was always thought it was cool when he got in. And then, uh, you know, he, he parlayed that into a, a very uh, manageable career. You know, like, I, I'm not sure he's going to go get picked up. You know, maybe he'll join Yoshi Hardrick up in the CFL or something like that. I, I don't know. You know, there, there are always safeties out there, but, but uh, I feel like safety is a position where we're going to, you know, need somebody to step in at, you know, college speed. And so Deshaun Singleton might be that guy. Or apparently Ernest Hossman, the key, the linebacker out of Columbus is, you know, it might be another Jojo dome and that guy. Uh, but I don't know, you know, I, this is so much up in the air, I guess. I had hoped honestly, by this time that we'd be talking about a winning basketball team and I could focus less on football and worry less about football. And, um, that certainly is not the case because it, I mean, for a coach that barely made it back this year and now he's hired an entire newly offensive staff. And I, I don't know. I still don't know how to feel about this. And we're going to have to talk about it for months. And at the same time, we're not really going to see the proof of anything for months. I mean, we can see the spring game and go, oh, that looks great, and talk about that. But, you know, really, we're not going to see any proof of progress for months. Months. Should I say that again? Months. <laughs> Did you God, like I that, hope Joe? the baseball team's really good. I hope the baseball team is just beats the shit out of everybody in the Big Ten. Well, I don't know how <laughs> it is uh, out there uh, in in the the good life in Nebraska, and I don't know how it is in Minnesota. I'm just hoping we're not shut down again uh, for baseball season because uh, there are three kids in my in my boys' kindergarten class with COVID. Yeah. No, not my boy. We test him. Well, I mean, kind of because we have to, but uh, uh, yeah. So he's good. He's clean. But man, this is a uncertain times, John. I don't know if you've heard that it, phrase uh, at all uh, lately. Unprecedented. But, well, now you're getting. Keep your college, you know, nickel words to yourself, old man. <laughs> oh. So, I mean, it's a recruiting class. I think the bottom line on this recruiting class is, is it, it is what you make of it. It You know, there's looks like there should be some good players here, some good players that can help Nebraska down the road. We're not sure if they're going to actually help right away next year, except for maybe some of the specialists. And, again, it's, you know, they could be the greatest ever, and they could be what the hell did he be even bother for? I want to talk and, about and a couple. We can, we have this small recruiting class because Scott Frost has lost. You know, nobody wants to come play for three and nine Nebraska. That's not so, true. John. I would. I don't think I'd is. go play for you three would. and nine Nebraska. So would I. And you know what I I wanted to coach for him, and I I tried to you know I tried to say, hey, I can coach. I prove it on Reto Bowl. <laughs> nobody ever called me back. <laughs> that no, that wasn't an sad. impressive. Did, did you use highlighter on your resume so that that part would really pop out? <laughs> you know what? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I take over the the shittiest teams that wanted me to coach for them, and I build them into winners. That's what I do in Retro Bowl, and I could do it in real life. I'm sure. I know you could, John. Let's talk about a couple more of these uh, uh, recruits or, or signees, commits, whatever. Uh, I want to talk okay. about Brody Tagaloa. Uh, 6'4", 260-pound defensive lineman out of De La Salle High School in California. Um, a couple things that that you know, stand out to me is he comes from a family that makes D1 football players. Uh, he's got an older brother who played football for UCLA, and he's got another older brother who's currently a fullback at California. He decided to step inland a little bit, um, but – he was selected to participate in the 2022 Polynesian Bowl. We've talked about uh, having you know, like Polynesian players in the past, and, and you know they are dynamic uh, football players. Um, it, it's it seems like they're they're built for uh, you know breaking necks and cashing checks. Um, so I, I'm excited. Good size, 6'4", 260. I'm excited to see what, what he can do 
uh, depending on if they're going to try to, you know, keep him at a, at that nose tackle position or, you know, depending on his speed, uh, you know, moving possibly to outside. Uh, so I'm kind of excited to, to see him. And then yes, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, fans of all ages, let's get to our beloved Nebraska boys. Shall we? John, are you ready to talk about our homegrown talent? Yeah, I didn't realize that we have two guys named Hossman. Hossman? Hossman. I don't know Hossman. if that's even a thing that you're – you're not even allowed to say that, are you? We don't have two guys named Hossman. Yeah, Man, there's we, a walk-on. There's an Ernest Hausman who is a scholarship guy. He was the inside linebacker Columbus from Columbus that's 6'3", 205, and, you know, is uh, – He's supposedly under the radar guy, and then we also have a uh, walk on Cooper Hosman from Roca. Well, let, let's talk about Cooper, shall we? Back. Okay. Look, this this is what I'm going to do, and I, I hate to be that guy, but this is where I'm going to shatter dreams. Cooper is going to be a career special teams unit guy. He is. Okay. Practice squad special do have, teams. Do you have something against Roca? Yeah, not not Roca particularly, but Norris. Norris High School <laughs> can kiss my ass. All right. Wow. No, I that's where the anger is. Wait, where did? Can you show me on this doll where they hurt you? <laughs> anyway. No, I, 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 I'm just kidding. That that's that's for for jokes. I, I, I don't even know. I couldn't even find Norris High School or Roca on a map. Um which is fine because I don't have a Nebraska map at my house. Uh, but I, th- I do think it's funny that uh, uh, the good houseman, Ernest, is the number five rated player in the state uh, uh, of Nebraska and among the top 50 linebackers in the country by rivals. However, if you scroll down a little bit, you find Gage Stanger from Millard South, he is the number five player in the state of Nebraska by twenty two four seven sports. So, what the hell, man? We got like a two way tie for fifth best player in the state, or are we just going by different services? I need answers and clarification, John. Well, the answer is that the top four players in the state actually went other places. I know that makes me so sad. Well, but they've been get, doing that you know, for years. And and until Nebraska starts winning, it's not going to change. We've talked about that. Yeah, I I remember because he's beloved as a as a Husker legend. He was on uh, uh our friends at the Big Red Cobcast. He was on their uh show numerous times, uh, including their finale, uh Cluster Johnson. And when Keegan went to Iowa, and then not only that, but was playing against Nebraska in Lincoln uh, the day after Thanksgiving. I'm not going to lie. My, uh, my Husker heart hurt a little bit that day. Did it? That's why the fucking Grinch had a heart that was two sizes too small. It's because Nebraska players, kids, uh, let, let their kids go somewhere else. There is one more guy. Isn't isn't there some guy named the coldest? Yes. Who has not signed yet. Yeah, is maybe signed with Nebraska as a very highly ranked receiver, which, you know, I guess if we need to score points, maybe we can get that guy. It'd be the coldest motherfucker touchdown. That's it. (laughs) That is, isn't that the best name? It is kind of funky. The the coldest Crawford, uh, a, from a wide receiver, um, out of someplace. <laughs> Louisiana. Yeah, I was gonna say Mickey was Joseph say. was, you know, in, in touch with him, so it has to be Louisiana. Um six one one seventy-eight, Shreveport, Louisiana. Um yeah, I mean a lot of people say he's still gonna go to LSU. Uh according to two four seven sports, he is warm on Nebraska and cool on everybody else so but again i feel like that wide receiver room is a little bit on the 
crowded side. You know that's true, need. and I mean, we we look at uh, you know our offensive line. We we only uh, was that English? No, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, getting, <laughs> I'm getting worn <laughs> out. Um, I mean, our offensive line class. I mean, we took one, and you kind of go, well, how could they survive only taking one? And then you go back and look at all our linemen. And I mean, you know, I bitched about Bryce Benhart all season, but he was a redshirt freshman, so. You get to bitch Everybody's about for three young on the offense. Yeah, exactly. Maybe you know, maybe he'll be able to get uh, you know learn like Cam Jurgens did, just become a, a because become a son of a bitch, a great right tackle, and then he can call me up and go, "You're a stupid fuck ass," and I'll go, "Yeah, thank you, Bryce Hyman." <laughs> Which I'll be happy to go. Yes, please become an all Big Ten tackle. I would love that. I really would. I would love for a Nebraska offensive lineman to earn all conference honors. Yeah. But, and, unless Teddy Prochaska can stay healthy, I don't know if it'll ever happen. It'll happen. John. You have to just keep the faith. What? John. Don't make me cry, Greg. Sorry. I was, <laughs> I was, I was, I was going to say something, but I don't want you to cry. So. Yeah. It's, you know, it's easy. Oh, buddy, I'm sorry. Do you need a hug? I'm here in an RV, for God's <laughs> sakes. What do you think? Living by myself in, a, in an RV. Oh, that's true. You know, what did you see in the slack room my first three nights in Dallas? What was that? What was? What did you see me say in the slack room in my first three nights in Dallas? Not much. No? You missed it. Apparently. So were you looking for hookers and blow? No, I was pointing out the gunfire. Oh. No, I missed that part completely. <laughs> okay. John, you're yeah, not used to that big city life, are you? No, I'm not used to it. Just, you know, being bam, 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 not far away from me. Yeah. I mean, we're not just that blunt in, in Minnesota. You know, people care if you're actually firing your handguns out the back porch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Well, one more Nebraska boy to talk about. Uh, we would be remiss if we didn't mention Jake Applegate, six four two ten outside linebacker from Lincoln Southeast High School, number sixth player or number six player in the state, uh, according to two four seven Sports. Uh, he did have an offer from Minnesota. This boy decided to stay home. I think was Jake not the one uh, who like can walk to Memorial Stadium or something like that, like from his house. I mean, didn't. Isn't he the one who just kind of was always around? Did I not read some of those after he gave his verbal commitment that, you know, some of those reports or articles about him, you know, being the hometown boy, things like that. Just, you know, you like to see those types of stories. If only we could have more former players come back and coach. That's what we really need at Nebraska is just all former players coming back. You know, you need to talk about gauge stinger. I mean, we mentioned, mentioned him. him. Not we much else to say, him. John. He's number five, you, you, which you were quick to point out that the first four all flew the coop. Yeah. Hey, John. Well, maybe they'll come. Maybe they'll come back. John, can I uh, can I ask you a question? <laughs> Is it about log four J? No. Good. And yes, you can. Why is a chicken coop only have two doors? Because most. Oh, is this going to be a dad joke? Maybe. Do you know when a dad joke becomes a dad joke, Greg? When the dad's the only one who finds it funny? No, when it's a parent. John. That was painful, wasn't it? It wasn't great. I loved it. I'm going to use it. But why does a chicken coop only have two doors? I don't know, Greg. Why does the chicken coop only have two doors? Because if it had four doors, it'd be a sedan. Oh, God, why? <laughs> it's time we we're done, isn't it? It's going to be a long offseason, buddy. I'm excited oh, for basketball God. and baseball and volleyball. Uh, maybe the <laughs> basketball team. Will be. There's women's basketball. They're kicking ass. 10-0 at maybe. last check, unless they've played since then. In that case, they might be 11-0 or 10-1. Oh, I don't my know. God. Um, all we need is somebody uh, who writes about Nebraska women's basketball to come on the show and talk to us about it, John. Yeah, that's true. All right, Jill, you're up. We'll talk to you next week.
Okay. <laughs> I think that's, the, I, I think everybody on YouTube and everybody listening at home at work or in their car are saying, guys, get out of here. It is 72 freaking degrees in Dallas, Texas on December 15th. It was, all right. So obviously I don't live as far south as Dallas. We all know that. I'm in Illinois. Um, earlier today it was 67. And at present, wait, yeah, right now 67 degrees. Uh, we, and, and wind. We have some, not not like the wind that was going through Iowa earlier. Uh, shout out to our boy Todd who was too scared to join us on the show because of a little bit of a, a breeze. Um, he said, I'm out. I'm going to be in my basement wearing my helmet and my Kevlar vest just in case. Um, and then he goes, and then he goes, wait, it's really eerily quiet. And you're kind of like, you don't go look, I guess, you know, isn't that what everybody in Nebraska, I mean, that's what we used to do is stand out on the porch and watch the tornadoes. come. Yep. It's the eye of the so hurricane, I, man. Maybe that's pretty stupid. I mean, maybe they move really fast now and. Uh, you know, everything looks like it's getting nastier and more horrible all the time. <sighs> John, are those new glasses? No, but I, you know what? I am expecting new glasses when I get back to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And guess what? They are going to be. Should I tell you ahead of time? Yes. I can't wait I to, to know about your glasses. Went, uh, I very specifically went into my target optical. I had an eye exam and, and they said, you know, you really should get new glasses because you're old. And I said, oh, thank, thank you very much for pointing that out. I do. And I I looked at this young woman and I said, I want uh, the most serial killer looking glasses you have. <laughs> and I, we went through several pairs of glasses, which my wife and this woman looked at and chose the glasses. My wife took a picture of me with my new glasses on my new frame texted it to my daughter and she replied Jeffrey Dahmer and I said them are the fucking glasses for me I mean that wouldn't been the serial killer I would have picked that I want to be but you know it was a serial killer so I that's the that's the look I was looking for there's a uh, I probably should go to counseling or something no you're fine because I actually tell people this stuff out loud there there's a mafia hitman in the movie um Oh, uh, boondock saints. Uh, they're telling like a, a, a third party, like hearsay story uh, about, and, and he, I don't know, he's like the ice man or something. Uh, everybody who is familiar with the movie knows exactly what I'm talking about, but he has like a, a trench coat and he has those like thick frame glasses. And that's kind of what I imagine your new glasses will be like, John, I'm very excited for, uh, for your new look. I can't wait to scare the hell out of uh, young children everywhere. Maybe it was one guy with six guns. <laughs> Isn't that that movie? Yeah. 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 Oh, great. Yeah, I haven't seen that in a long time. Okay. I, uh, I feel like it's, it's due for a viewing. All right, John. Uh, in, in, look, we got to thank everybody for watching or listening. If you made it this far, you deserve uh, a medal or reward of some type. Uh, you're not going to get one. I'm just saying you deserve one. Uh, this is a no budget show, so we don't have anything in the uh prize coffers but we appreciate you and if you're not around next week we understand and we wish you merry christmas uh but for uh, uh our founder and fearless leader john damn johnston i'm greg mahochko this is the five heart podcast where we remind you each and every week that five heart is all the heart you need john go big red and kick beat the shit out of pit all right, give us something. That would, it would be so cool to have the – you know what? This girls' volleyball team is probably the most wonderful volleyball team I can think of us being able to watch in a long time because they do have something the bad men's basketball doesn't have. They have a good, healthy mix of veterans with Lauren Stiverin, and even though Lexi's son has been replaced largely, she's still there to help guide people mm-hmm. through the process. And Nicklin Hames, and those people can help people like Allie Batenhorst and uh, – Come on, who is it? Krause? Lindsay Krause. Lindsay Krause and Lexi Rodriguez. You know, they help pull the freshmen up. And, you know, that, that mixes well together. And, I God, I hope we win a national title. Mostly because we'd be beating Pitt and either Louisville and Wisconsin. And the hell with both of them, too. I just like the, the fact that the way you uh, 
encouraged our, our ladies to beat Pitt, and you did it as a little rhyme. I'm not even sure if you're aware. You said, kick the shit out of Pitt. Oh, my God. My, you know what? We were in. We need, can you we, put that on the we shirt? Were in, we were in Flower Mound, okay? And I was at my nephew's house, and my great-nephew actually plays college soccer. And uh, he was actually at one point, what was he? He was like like the best soccer player in, in Texas, I think, or something. MVP of whatever his league, won a state title as a goalie. Mr. Soccer. Very, yeah, very good goalie. And he started calling me little JJ and wanted me to be a rap star. And I was like, nobody nobody wants that. Nobody really. I want that so much. <laughs> John, will you give me an early Christmas present next week and, and bust out little JJ? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Can't wait. Can't wait. It's going to be, it's going to be exciting. Uh, mm-hmm. Have a great weekend, folks. Go Big Red.